the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. I'm a big hip hop fan. I grew up in it. It's kind of that was like the lifeblood of Atlanta. Like I'm a huge Outkast fan. Uh, hell yeah, the best, right? I've I've met Andre 3000 three times. Uh, yeah, once for every stack. I met. That's. Um, did that work? That worked. I. Uh, <laughs> okay, if you don't know what happened, can you just clap your hands real quick? Okay, cool, cool. Uh, the, uh, the first time I met Andre 3000, uh, I was 13 years old. Uh, I had just started smoking weed, and I was behind him in line at a burrito shop with my buddy Ben. And I look over and I look at Ben. I was like, oh shit, is that, I think that's, it looks like, it might be, it could be. Yeah, it's me. (laughs) 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 Coolest thing that could have happened to me when I was 13. Uh, The second time I met Andre 3000, uh, I used to work at the Apple store, surprise. I've I've seen all of your nudes. I, I used to, so Andre 3000 comes into the Apple store to buy a phone. I'm a huge outcast fan, so I run up to him. I was like, oh my God, Andre 3000, man, your album, Aquemini, it changed my life. And I, I shed a single tear, and I'll, I'll never forget this. He looked me dead in the eye, and he was like, I'm glad you liked it, but you don't got to cry like a little bitch. <laughs> okay, uh, the, the third time I met Andre... <laughs> 3,000. Uh, I, I went to the W Hotel in Midtown Atlanta. It's a really nice hotel. I took my ex-girlfriend there for our anniversary, and we were having a great time. But she went to bed really early. I went downstairs to the bar, and I got blackout drunk. And I, I saw Andre 3,000 coming in. I was like, oh, shit. And I walked up. I was like, hey, Andre, Andre. I, I don't know if you remember me. He goes, oh, yeah, you that silly motherfucker that cried in the Apple store. I was like... <laughs> Hell yeah, man. It's like, that's me. <laughs> and then I threw up on him. So, <laughs> so needless to say, I'm no longer allowed at the W Hotel in Midtown Atlanta, but I am also no longer that silly motherfucker that cried in the Apple store. So, ha-ha! <laughs> Hell yeah, thanks. Welcome to The Marinade, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. Each episode, we welcome musicians, actors, comedians, authors, visual artists, filmmakers, anyone who creates art to talk about how and why we make stuff. This is episode 155, and our guest is Max Fine. Max Fine is a hilarious comedian originally from Atlanta, Georgia, who now makes his home in New York City. His outstanding album, I Like His Style, was released in October of 2023. His podcast, In the Minivan, with his good friend Michael Rowland, is an absolute blast of a listen. Y'all, I've been a fan of Max's for several years, and it was an absolute pleasure to sit down with him via Zoom the other day. It is my honor to bring you my conversation with Max 
Fine. Audio settings. Hey. Hey, Max. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I am okay. Can you hear me and everything? Yeah, you're a little scratchy. Are you connected to those AirPods? Where you? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> it's still a little scratchy. Yeah, it's serviceable though. It's all right. Sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, We're okay. Cool, no, cool. Unless you have an alternative. <laughs> um, not that I know if it works, but okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it work. Let me see if I can turn you up a little bit, though. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, dude, thanks for doing this. Um, thanks I'm really for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you were desperate on Twitter the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> no, man, I'm I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan. I um I think I think my introduction to your comedy was um back in the the throes the of the pandemic. Show, right? Yeah, it's the church yeah, yeah. fruit and fuck, man. It was for folks listening, that was like such a special thing that they had. Drew Morgan and and DJ Lewis were like Drew was bringing together all these amazing people and just like it was hilarious and it was much needed community and you just slayed. And I was, I, I've been Thanks, a fan ever man. since, man. Oh dude, that was, that was, it's so wild to think about that. I, I keep forgetting that we're, I, that was just so fucking long. It feels like it was so long ago and it really wasn't. Um, yeah. But I, I just, I completely forgot about like, Oh yeah, I spent a year in my apartment, and uh, it's just wild to think about. I remember that being so crucial at the time too, like Zoom shows and online comedy and all that. Yeah, I crazy. mean, it, it was crazy. It is, it is wild. It seems like a, a different lifetime ago, and I, and I don't know if we'll ever stop talking about that fucking pandemic. But yeah, yeah. I, I uh, but I'm grateful that it brought me, you know, people like like you, for example. And I'm really grateful that we're gonna well, have thanks, this opportunity man. to talk, dude. Yeah, um, dude, me too. Man, I this has been one of the 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 most uh, enjoyable deep dives. I always do a lot of research when I have a Hell guest yeah. on, and like, oh boy, <laughs> it's been super, <laughs> it's been super fun, man. I mean, it, like you've you've done a lot of really cool things, and um, your album I listened to your album i like his style when it first came out and then i've just been listening to it like you've been in my ears a lot so oh hell yeah um, Thanks, man <laughs> so, that's yeah, so listening. cool thank you yeah no my pleasure and there's so many themes on it that i want to dive into because like please you know and especially so there's so many things that jump out to me like we're, we're both southerners um yes and, sir uh yeah yeah in florida right I'm in Florida. I'm from Kentucky yeah. originally. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so Kentucky. Uh, I was born in Elizabethtown, um, and yeah, in small town Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like sure. I was, I was born there because there wasn't a hospital in the town that we lived in. Um, oh, so, wow. Okay, right. Yeah, on. yeah. And then I, I grew up in Central Florida, so you know, it, it's interesting to me because I'm curious about what it was like growing up Jewish in the South because I grew up Baptist in the yeah. south and like i didn't know y'all existed really. i know man it's weird right uh, yeah and that's by design uh to a certain degree right like i don't know it's the older i get the more it changes the more it's like i think about it differently and it's like you know all right was this as uh, you know a lot of it is yes but like was this as racially tense as i remember it or was a lot of it like I don't know. I, it, a lot of it feels now like, all right, well, when you're around other Jewish people in this area that is uh, anti-Semitic or racist or whatever, using air quotes, 
uh, it, it definitely a racist area, but like it's <laughs> it's hard to tell like how much of this is actually things that I've seen and and know, and how much of this is something that someone else has told me for some kind of effect, right? Like like growing up, the whole idea of like, all right, you're gonna get kidnapped, period. Like as a child, that's what they tell you everywhere around the world, no matter who you are. It's like if you're not careful, you're gonna get kidnapped. Right. And that is the worst thing that can happen when you're six years old. Uh, but I don't know anybody that got kidnapped. Right. It's like, yeah. How serious of a threat is this? If yeah. All of my friends are right around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, that, don't know. I, I think about that a lot, man, because I've done a lot of unpacking of of sort of attitudes toward race and ethnicity and religion, yeah. you know, based on how I, how I grew up. And, um, you know, my therapist and I have done all kinds of work on that shit, sure. you know, and I've dedicated my life to trying to combat what I saw looking back as like really intense racism. Like when yeah. I say I didn't, I didn't know about y'all. I, I literally mean like, I thought that Jewish people existed in the Bible and like yeah. world war two and there weren't contemporary Jews. Like See, that's, yeah. you know, and now, and, and not only that, but in Sunday school, I was taught that you're going to hell. You know, like, right, like that right. kind of shit is heavy, man. Like that's, I, I was scared of yes. going to hell, but I was supposed to be like safe from it. I can't. And then right. I'm well, you have an out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's weird. It's like, cause my best friend growing up, still my best friend is Catholic or was Catholic. And you know, I, it's, it's the same framework, right? I feel like it's just guilt in different places. That's all it is. Like yeah, both yeah, religions, yeah, yeah. but, 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 Jews kind of embraced the guilt, at least American Jews that, I don't know, at least when I was growing up, it felt like, all right, we'll embrace our guilt, we'll embrace our shame, and that's kind of who we are as a defense mechanism, whereas Catholics, it was like, oh, but we've got to fight against this guilt all the time, and we have to earn God's trust in all of this, and it, I don't know, I think it just set this different mindset up for me and then a bunch of the more religious, like, you know, Christian Catholic friends I had. Man, it's really interesting. You know, another theme that comes up and and this came up in, in the research a lot, you talk very openly about your alcoholism Yeah, and, you know, it's rampant throughout my family. It's something that um, I have to be really careful with. Um, I yeah, wrestle yeah, yeah. with, you know, and I have a very complicated relationship with alcohol. And I think everybody does. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's funny. I've, I've never, no matter who... No matter how much anybody drinks or doesn't drink, I've never heard anybody say, I have a great relationship with alcohol. Not once. And that's not to say that they have a bad relationship with alcohol. It's just never, no one ever introduces it as like, yeah, I fucking crush shit at drinking, dude. I'm the best. <laughs> like, the only people that say they're the best at drinking are the ones that can't drink anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think Burt Kreischer would have something to say about that. But, sure, uh, sure. Well, you know, yeah, 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 that's fair. But really, you know, is it yeah. okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's, it's uh, an on and off struggle for me since I was like a teenager. Yeah, well, I mean, some, um, of, yeah. some of the things that you went through are just wild, man. I mean, it's it's a, it's amazing. Did, I'm so curious what the research is uh, and like what you saw. Uh, uh, I mean, some of the stories about like you falling asleep on the subway and and oh, people yeah, yeah, cut yeah. cutting your pockets and like how. Oh, dude! Um, That's when I felt like it was safer. Honestly, really, 
Yeah, man. Cause like I'm from Atlanta, right. And I started drinking in Atlanta and at least in New York, it's like, there are people around at all hours of the night. They might not like stop you if they stop anybody from cutting your pockets out and stealing your wallet. But if somebody's like getting hurt or beat up or something's fucked up, someone will say something eventually. Uh, You know, in Atlanta, it's like, dude, so many nights I would like, I, I, there's a picture someone sent me of me like just passed out at a bus stop. Uh, and you know, it's like, I know that there were nights where I definitely got shit canned and was like, I can totally drive. Uh, it's the stakes were a little different and I feel like, I don't know, at least in New York, it's like, I'm not driving a car. People are around. It's a lot harder for me to really fucking hurt myself. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Are my dogs incredibly loud in your ears right now? Can you, is that coming through on the recording? Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, no, they're good. Yeah, I'm I'm going through uh, basically a divorce, and we, we oh, have so dogs. I'm sorry. Thanks, man. And yeah, but like, fuck. and we, but I still live with my ex, but she's out of town, and so the dogs are just like freaking the fuck out at everything. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh so, shit! Right, just, right, right. No, so, they're all good, dude. Okay. I'm so sorry to hear that, though, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been the hardest, and I wanted to get into that too. Like, it's been the hardest period of my life. Um, yeah. But but you brought up something that um that I think is interesting, which is I think part of what saved me from like really having a problem with alcohol is I'm terrified of jail and I live in Florida. And so you can't get fucking anywhere without a car. And so like I'm taking an Uber or I'm, I'm staying home, you know? And so like, yeah, I think it I, that makes it what you just said makes a lot of sense. How like I could see if I lived in New York, it'd be a bigger issue, dude. It's true because like in Atlanta, I mean, man, I think the first like I don't know the last three years I lived in Atlanta was when the uh, it's when the drinking was starting to really pick up. I think and man, I just remember like anytime I left the house, it was desperately looking for someone else to drive or you know walking somewhere just because I couldn't spend the money on an Uber, but I knew I was going to get drunk wherever I went and I didn't want to go to jail Mm -hmm. uh, because it was the same thing. Like there were a couple nights where I just got super brazen about it, but for the most part it was like, fuck, I can't drive my car, but I need to find a way to get to where I need to be without spending money on an Uber. Uh, And it just, it's insane. The kind of like hoops I would jump through just to go drink. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's just, and it just kind of fades away when you move to New York. It because the obstacle stops being, how do I get somewhere, and how am I going to afford to get somewhere? Wow, uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was yeah. fun for a while, dude. I just I talk about it like it wasn't the most fucking fun I ever had. Also, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty realistic about it. Like, I did cool shit. I did a lot of cool shit. It almost killed me, but I did a lot of cool shit. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're able, like from what I'm gathering uh, from the interviews I've listened to and then from your album, you're still doing lots of really cool shit. And I'm really interested in how you, because to me, it seems like, so I'm terrified of drugs too. Like, because yeah. I, I don't, I, I know how much alcohol I can consume. I know what my limit is. And even though I have a bit of the family problem, I'm 
I'm at that balance point where like yeah. I drink I drink too much, but like I know when to take a break and I'm able to take yeah, a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fortunate in that way, you know, where I don't have the full on problem. Like my dad'll have a drink and end up in Mississippi and not know how he got there. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm somewhere down the ladder somewhere where like I definitely drink too much, but I know how to catch it. I know how to take a break and I'm able to. But drugs right scare the shit out of me but you still take drugs but you don't fuck with alcohol yeah man. that is fascinating to me can you talk about I think that? that that's kind of well you know it starts at the same idea right it's like everybody talks about california sober right like i'm gonna smoke pot and i'm just not gonna drink and i did that for a while and then it started to be i mean it's really kind of limited itself back down i'm trying to cool down a little bit but it's like smoking a lot of pot was a big way that i was able to like quit drinking was it's just like a big way for me to fill the uh, space without losing all control. Because uh, that was the problem with booze. It was like, I would start drinking and then the next morning I'd wake up somewhere and be like, I have no idea what happened. Uh, yeah. But that's never going to happen because I got too high. Like, I might sit on my couch and like cancel a plan, but I'm never going to just like, I don't know, I'm not worried about getting robbed because I'm too stoned on the train. Um, uh. And then it's also, you know, I, I like psychedelics. I'm a big fan of mushrooms. Uh, and it's it's kind of, yeah, it's just fun as hell. And I also, I don't know, it's that, that like, I feel like I drank because I couldn't regulate myself in any real way. And when you stop drinking and it's like, well, I still don't know how to do that. Uh, the weed numbed it, but the mushrooms kind of brought me this like, all right, well, you can think about things this way instead. And it's not this way the, I have to get fucked up all the time. It's why am I looking to get fucked up all the time? Cause mm. I started drinking when I was a kid. And like the first time I tried to quit, I was 17. Uh, and it was 23 when I was going like in and out of the program essentially. Uh, and it never worked. So I was like, well, let's try this out. And it's working for the most part. I smoke a lot of pot, but I don't know. I don't really do much else anymore. Every now and then, I'm sure if acid came into the picture, I'm sure I would be more than willing to fuck around. Well, uh, I'm not. I'm not yeah. ready to talk about fish yet, Max. But we'll get to that. Oh, brother, man! <laughs> that is, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't. This isn't technically a music podcast, but people think it is. So you and I are going to have to talk about fish a little at, at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> but I do want to get dive. I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into sort of. I'm curious, like when you were really young, you've talked about how you, you basically you had a, a breakdown essentially, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I had a few. Yeah. Did you feel, did you get to a point where you felt those coming on? Did you have like a sense that it was, that it was coming or was that the kind of thing that just hit you like a brick wall? Oh shit, man. Well, the first two, I think I, I they, they kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I was really young. The first one was, the first one I wouldn't even say was a breakdown as much as a misunderstanding. Uh, and in, in like looking back on it now, it's like, yeah, I was 17 years old and angsty and whatever. And what I think is a breakdown is way less severe. But then I did have a real one that came out of fucking nowhere um, that like I was, I wound up in like a psych hospital for a bit. And that just, it was just basically a breakup that I could not handle because I was drinking so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't regulate my emotions around it. So it would just be these big swings up and down. Um, and I'd be drinking all the time and it was a disaster. 
and looking back on it now, it's like I came out of that and I did not do anything good for myself after. I really didn't treat it like I should have, I feel like. And it's kind of a, a wonder I didn't die right then and there. Uh, but then afterwards I did try and like quit drinking and I was going to the program and stuff like that. And, and then, I don't know, I just kind of decided that I was all right, started drinking again. And it took a really, really, really bad show in Cincinnati for me to be like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't you go back? Did you go back? You went to back to Cincinnati. Was that like a pilgrimage? Like recently? No, maybe? dude, I, I go back a lot. I okay. I fucking love Cincinnati. Dude. That town rips. It's yeah. so sick. Um, and this the is, comics there. This yeah, is my hell King yeah, Virginia. I'm, I'm a huge Reds fan. Really? Oh, yeah. Tough, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, one of the comics that I always crash is Billy DeVore. Ooh, he's got a Reds podcast. Uh, it's uh, We're all big sports nerds and it rules. Yeah. But um, I go there like twice a year if I can. Um, I just really like the comics there. I like the people there. It's just a fun town. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but like I went a few years ago and man, I was just way too fucked up. Uh, it was, I did one show and I was like, all right, we're good. I'm going to start partying now. Did a second show and I just bombed so hard. Mm. Just ate shit. And like, I've like every time I think about drinking now, I will listen to this set again and just remember like, I did, I was supposed to do 30 minutes. I did 18 minutes of stand up and like, I just bailed out. I couldn't handle it. Uh, there's a point in the middle of it where I can hear myself like off mic being like, no, you love doing comedy. This is what you love. Just keep going. Just keep go It was so fucking bad. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and then that was kind of it. And it, that's, that was in like July, August or whatever of 2021. So not super long ago, but you know, long enough where it's like, I can actively see how my life is a million times better without it, uh, which is kind of a bummer. You really hope it's not going to change your life that drastically. And it's like, no, it wasn't really that big of a fucking problem. And then it's like, it's pretty apparent very quickly. Oh, that's uh, got yeah, yeah, that's got to be tough. But also, I, it also sounds like it's pretty, I mean, it's also a beautiful thing, of course, right? So I can see I how that would be tough, but. I'm also, though, what's weird about it is, though, I'm just now at a point where it's like I'm accepting the fact that I don't drink anymore. I really, I don't know, I didn't think of it as, as a permanent thing for a while. Uh, and a lot of that is, I don't know, it, it's weird now thinking about uh, how, do I, how do I become a person now, oh, right? Like, I'm past the point of, all right, I quit drinking. I'm now at the point of, all right, you should have established by now what kind of a human being you are. And it's like a race to find out now, which has been bizarre. Super fucking weird. Man, that's interesting. I wonder if, is it like when you're drinking, that's part of your identity. And then when you get 100%. sober, and then and sobriety is part of your identity, right? Like, Well, yes, for a lot of people. I like actively push against that because... Yeah. Not for any other reason than, for me, it just helps not to think about it as much. Um, but drinking was my entire personality for so long. It was, well, I'm the guy that's going to get the most fucked up at the party. I'm the guy that's going to, 
not even out drink anybody, but I'm going to make sure that by the time everybody leaves the bar, I'm asleep in a booth, right? Like I just have to shut it down. Um, and then by the end of it, it was a lot of just drinking alone. I mean, not even by the end of it throughout, I was drinking alone regardless. And I think the, the, the thing now is not making sobriety my identity, but not pushing other things to that same extreme, uh, as an identity. It's like, I have a really hard time just doing something a little bit. Uh, anything that I like get into is an obsession and it's really fucking intense and then it's gone. You know, uh, it yeah. can be, I got, you know, I get into bowling or something like that. And then for six months, that's all I fucking want to do. That's all I do. And, and then I never bowl again. Uh, and it's just like, I'll replace all kinds of shit with that. Same with, but like booze was the big one. Uh, and it took me a long time to get rid of that one. Oh man, so sorry. Just a second. Yeah. I you're good, dude. You are all good. Okay, cool. Um, I have been using the wrong microphone this whole time. No shit. Yeah, you sound I, fine. I sound okay. Yeah. Oh fucking a man. I, yeah, I've been using like just the the computer. The Mac. Yeah, that sounds okay. Yeah. I'll be damned. Damn, Mike. Okay, I think now we're. Does that sound any? Oh, is that yeah, try again. Is That's that... different now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Sounded all right. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, join the Patreon so that I can hire a producer. Please. There it is, dude. Page Patreon.com. a podcast, everybody. I fucked up so many podcasts of my own, dude. This is yours, at least. Doesn't sound like you weren't there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny once you work. I want to talk. I do want to talk about your podcast as well. But like, it's it's sure. funny. Like once you've done this for a while, how it's interesting how how my standards have changed over the years. And like, yeah, dude. You know, like when I first started, I was like, well, I got it on tape, cool. And now I'm like fiddling with this, and there's dead air because I'm too worried about the difference in the sound. You know. It's funny, like I've kind of reversed. Uh, so I've had, because is this your first podcast? Yeah. So the first one I did, I did on my own, and it was before, like, I, how long has this one been? This one's been going for a while, though, right? Yeah, I started I started recording in 2016, and I, my first episode was 2017. Yeah, dude. So it's like before video was a part of podcasting, before but it was really just like, I can record two people talking to each other. I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And now it's just gotten so intense and so confusing that like, I mean, not having a producer has been an absolute fucking, you know, miserable experience for me. And I've had three of these things and I don't know how to make them sound good. Yeah. Uh, it's just insane. It's fucking yeah. insane. No, I, I mean, I think mine for the most part does sound good. I prefer when I can yeah. catch up with somebody in person because I have more control, right? Of course, um, yeah. And there's not Zoom in between, the compression's not there, all that shit, you know, like They're I have a good AirPods. setup. They're not yeah, wearing yeah, AirPods. For sure, for sure. Know? No, I get it loud and clear, dude. You've made it, uh, you've made your boy. But just, just and for the next person, Max, if you could just do him the fucking courtesy, absolutely, USB dude, absolutely. Mic. No, no, it is on me. I mean, it sucks. <laughs> I do have one, but it's 
everything's all fucked up. It's all good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good, man. I the number of times that I that folks have AirPods, but it always comes out great, and the conversation's sure. really what it comes down to. And I think that's part of the charm of my show, anyway. Is like honestly, people appreciate that it's it is authentic. Like we're you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's no, part of what sure. comes through in your show too. In the minivan is like, oh, thanks, dude. You know, it's a I I just got into it and as i'm getting ready yeah. for this right so i've listened to several episodes oh hell yeah row, just getting ready for this yeah and it's just it's gonna be in my regular rotation now like i'm i'm oh, really man, excited thank you yeah. yeah we're you know we're breaking for a little while uh yeah i heard that this is why everything's kind of packed up right now um yeah it, but thanks dude that's like it's my favorite thing Okay, I, uh, talk yeah. about it then. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in like the inspiration behind it. You and your your good friend for a long time, right? Yeah, forever. So basically, uh, yeah, it's me and uh, my best friend Michael Rowland, who's another comic. He's the guy that got me into stand up when we were kids. Um, I've known him forever. He's been my he was my very first bully. Uh, if you want to talk about like growing up in the South, uh, he was my very first bully, and then he became my best friend and. Uh, I don't know. It was like our entire, we, we like were inseparable uh, for years. Like we worked at the same Dunkin' Donuts in high school and we would drive mm -hmm. each other to work. And that was kind of the impetus for the podcast. It's like every morning we would drive to work at like 5 a.m. to Dunkin' Donuts and we'd show each other new music in his mom's minivan and smoke weed. And it was a blast. Um, and then, I don't know, a couple of years ago we were walking and some, you know, with a bunch of people and it's like, when Michael and I are in a group together, we start talking differently than everybody else. We just have this kind of like, we'll throw in the deep Southern accent real fast. And this is just kind of this secret language sort of a deal. And uh, and it always makes people laugh and we don't realize we're doing it. And then one day we were just kind of like, hi, dude. was like, why don't we just start a podcast? Uh, and that was kind of it. Uh, but now we, you know, we loosely try and stick to the let's show each other music thing. Mm -hmm. But it is more of just like, okay, this is our weekly coffee now. You know, we, uh, we have a, you know, we have a, a reason to hang out with each other every Sunday and then, uh, see what happens with it. It's you, very low pressure. It's very low stakes. It's so fun. There's, there was an episode I was listening to. It may have been the most recent one where you were talking about, uh, how you were taking a break where you, yeah. um, and you kind of talked a little bit about like not worrying about the intro and shit like that too. You know, we were just talking oh, about yeah. production and stuff, but I mean, yeah, we're just, it's crazy. So it's fun. because like, that's the thing. It is true though. People would rather, they, they care more like, obviously production is important. It does make a difference, but people, if people like what they like and it doesn't matter how it sounds, it's like, if it's a good, if the content is good and the product is good, people will like it. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. We well, there's zero money on ours. We don't do our, like, by all means, our success is in the negatives. Uh, <laughs> but it's the most fun thing in the world, dude. And the people that like it, like it. And that's fine. You there's, know? There's a fun moment. You were just talking about the Southern accent thing. There's a fun moment where you were talking about uh, the Southern accent when things get uncomfortable, like when your existence dude. comes up. And like, I can, it's, if, if I'm drinking, my Southern accent comes out. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I'm uncomfortable, it comes out. If I'm talking about something stereotypically Southern, like if uh -huh. I'm talking about, if I'm talking about like trucks, <laughs> you know, like, 
Oh, hell yeah, dude. I love trucks. I love truck nuts, dude. I, I'm Anything that comes on four wheels but can have six is ideal for me, dude. I, I love that shit. Um, and I tell you, dude, I didn't have a Southern accent until I moved to New York. I, like, actively fought against it my entire life. Like, no, you're not one of these people. And then as soon as I got up here, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. We do crazy shit down there, you know. It's it's so silly, man. But um, that is totally true. Like Michael and I, when we when we when anything gets uncomfortable, we start talking in a deep southern accent. Yeah, uh, I kind of went yeah. the opposite. Where like I had a if you hear my dad talk, like I mean, it, it's it's thick. You know, he's he's from, yeah, he's, yeah, from yeah, yeah. he's from Horse Cave, Kentucky, and it sounds like he's from Horse Cave, Kentucky. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, and uh, that's how I sounded until. Uh, a kid in uh, I was at baseball camp. I was at Florida State baseball camp in the seventh grade, and this kid goes, "Where the hell are you from, Tennessee?" And I stopped, and I was like, "No, I'm from Kentucky." And it just like <laughs> in that moment, I was like, "I, I, I think I can accent? tell the difference between a Kentucky and a Tennessee." I think that kid is uh, fuck that kid, right? Yeah, a fucking idiot. Uh, yeah. There's another. Yeah, there's um. Do you know? Do you know Stuart Huff? No. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Drew, I think would back me up on. I think Stewart is like the most important Southern comic. Okay. Period. Uh, he's from Kentucky, and he's got the thickest accent I've ever heard. Uh, but he's brilliant. He's so fucking funny. Um, but he's got a whole thing about it. He's like, yeah, I understand. I say finger instead of finger and all that. And yeah. He always just makes me laugh so hard. But super thick Kentucky accent. And Antana is the only Kentuckyism that I that instead of antenna, Antana is the only antenna. thing I hold on to. I've, I've, I'm, I'm stubbornly not letting go of Antana. How, but how often are you using the word Antana in? As often as I can. As often <laughs> as I can. <laughs> For sure, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can tell. Going into a Best Buy and just bothering people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just at the CB store all the time. I'm just, yeah, like, you're, just and you're the only one. It's you and like the chief of police. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a fun Saturday. It does. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's um in between uh, college football games. I'm just in there with the right, chief of police, right. Antanan. Antanas. Yep, yep, yep. Antanan. Antanan. Uh, that rips. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't have one until I like came back, came up here, and now I'm just like, yeah, this is this is what makes me a little different, I guess. So I'm gonna latch on to it real hard. And yeah, I don't know. I, I that's yeah. I'm, that's I'm not, funny. Yeah, it's it's well, it's funny, and it's also like, you know, it's funny because you're a country guy too. It's like seeing this like uh, uh, kind of natural resurgence or like popularization of country music mm -hmm. uh i'm like up here i'm the only guy that liked that before it was cool so now i'm like the coolest guy in town area <laughs> i'm just leaning into all the southern shit as hard as i can up here that's great yeah i'm yeah. a huge huge uh, fan of what's happening there it's really okay that might be a good segue to start talking about music which is like yeah. i think um I've been talking about this a lot and I'm interested in your thoughts on it. And Drew talks about it uh, quite a bit as well, that the resurgence of that sort of Americana thing. And I trace it back to Jason Isbell Southeastern and how that was kind of this watershed moment, right? This, this music existed for generations, but 
it, Southeastern yeah. kind of like catapulted it closer to something mainstream. And then, you know, Drew talks about the fact that like, he, you know, he's always so cynical about capitalism and he ain't wrong, but no, how, no, yeah. how like the, the industry was going to eventually commodify that sound. And so now yeah. you've got all these guys who are selling out arenas and stuff that, you know, are making good music, but it's not Jason Isbell and it's not BJ oh. Barham, you know, no, so I'm interested in your dude. thoughts on that. Well, I agree with you, uh, too, because, like, I, I was, you know, I was I was growing up listening to a lot of, like, Towns Van Zandt and, you know, Merle Hay Like, Outlaw Country was a big thing for me. Like, right when I remember when I was, like, 16 is when I really found it, when I started driving. And I was, like, chain-smoking cigarettes, listening to Merle Haggard. Like, I fucking get it, man. And then it's just I have no idea what the fuck he's actually talking about. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I got into, like, Justin Towns Earl, and then I got into Jason Isbell, like, Southeastern. I have a fucking different days tattoo from Southeastern. Like, that album changed my life the first time I heard it. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool, and I like it, but I don't think Drew's wrong. I feel like... I feel like a lot of these guys are going to or have gone through some kind of commercialization, and then they'll come out of it the other side, and it'll be good again. I think... I thought Weathervane's Isbel's last album was great. I I loved that one. I didn't love the one before it. And I kind of was like, oh, fuck, is he losing his fastball here? And I don't think he is. I think he's right back where he was. But, like, I think so many of those guys, it's it's hard. When you see guys like Isbel, who I was a big drive-by truckers fan. That's how I knew who he was. Yeah. So watching these guys grow into these massive stars and by all means, like this is what they should be doing. They should, people should, that's ideally what I want is for everybody to like these guys that I fucking love and for them to be able to make a living. But it's a little weird now where it's like, I, I agree with what Jason is tweets and what, how he thinks politically and all of that. But it's like, but I don't need that to shape how I think about him as a singer songwriter, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I already buy into who he is. I don't need more. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know. I just worry that I don't want all of my music to be completely like divisive. You know, I really want to be able to put something on and not have somebody in the car and not have somebody be like, I oh, was just that fucking libtard on Twitter. It's like, no, dude, this is just a guy whose music I fucking really love and means a lot to me. And can we just listen to it for that? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I real I don't want to go too deep down this because this could turn into a Jason Isbell podcast. If yes, yeah. people might argue that it borderline is, but that's more than half fine. I mean, I am <laughs> the biggest, biggest fan. Like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, same, same, dude. I mean, there's a poster right there, and like, you know, is that a tour poster? Yeah, it's from when yeah. uh, Isbell was first kicked out of the truckers, and uh, it's Will Hogue, oh, Jason Isbell, and Centromatic at the social here in Orlando. And I had Will Johnson on, and he remembered that because it doesn't have a date on it. And in the no. interview, he remembered the whole show, and he told me all about it. That's like, so fucking cool, dude. Centromatic is another one of those groups that like people just don't listen they have a song called Atlanta that every time I hear that one, it's like that one brings me right back to the city. It, I don't know how people I'm happy as well as the breakout star of that group, but it's like how he was the guy still throws me for a loop. 
I, well, I mean, I think he's the best of them. I mean, no disrespect yeah. to Will, for example, either of those Wills who are both incredible. Sure. I mean, I, I am of the camp that Reunions was a step above the Nashville sound. I thought I like it was. Reunions. I thought it was Wait. better. Yeah. No, that's the one you said you didn't like as much. No, what's the thing he did? The Georgia Blue. Uh, 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 yeah, Georgia so Blue. All, yeah, is that the album? Is that what you were talking about? Not Reunions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I one was enough. I thought uh, okay. "Running with Our Eyes Closed" I thought was one of his best songs he's ever written. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple that I really like, but for the most, Southeastern and like "If It Takes a Lifetime." really fucked me up when i heard them mm -hmm. uh and i keep looking for that and yeah. i don't think i've gotten it since if it's i like i like the national sound uh you're talking about something more than free when you say it takes yes, a lot of time i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. yes um yeah because i remember having those two on cds still like yeah. in the car and I think that's the other thing. Those came out, and then I moved and didn't have a car anymore. National Sound came out right after I moved here. And not having it in the car, I think, was a big difference. Dude, I, I have three copies of Weather Veins. I have two different versions of the vinyl, and I have the CD. And I bought the CD uh -huh. on my way to Bonnaroo this year. I covered Bonnaroo, and I was on my way oh, there. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and I stopped in Chattanooga, and I picked up because uh, somebody had recommended a record store. Will Payne Harrison, actually. Shout out, Will. Um, wonderful songwriter in his own store. right. Fuck, what's the name of that place? I can picture it and everything. It's yeah. over kind of like on a, in an industrial area town. It kind of stands by itself. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dope though. Like it, there was this like, it was a fun sort of, there were characters all about, you know, it was like that, that kind of. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah, dude. yeah, That's yeah. It's a weird place. It's so cool. It had a, it, so it was a record store with a tattoo shop in the back, a tattoo parlor. In oh, the back. hell yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. 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 It was sorry, really sorry. cool. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun memory. And so I picked up a copy of Weather Vanes and I just wore that thing. I basically listened to just that on the way there and back, even though I'd already heard it a million really? times. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. his best work. I mean, I, I really do. Um, but maybe what, I'll give it another listen because, like, I just I remember, like, the first time I heard uh, Palmetto Rose, like, in the car, uh, like, just driving, being like, "Oh shit, he did it again!" Yeah, My yeah, man yeah, did yeah. it again because I really yeah. was like, "There's no way he's going to top Southeastern." Just yeah. absolutely no way. And then I was, I just remember being like. He is the best, dude. We're getting, we're getting we're getting ultra nerdy here, but I think my, our I, listeners will appreciate it. There, I there's a live. I got to see him in 2015 at the Saint Augustine Amphitheater. I've seen him a million uh -huh. times there, and they. Uh, I have a. I, I during the pandemic, the, the height of the pandemic, they were selling those live recordings on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, yeah. was right. So I actually photographed that show and wrote about it, and um, I, so I was there, very present, That's and so like. Yeah, and so I have the download and I burned it to a CD and I have that in my car right now and it opens with Palmetto Rose. That's so, so well, that was the tour because there's that House of Blues Boston video. Have you seen that yeah. concert? Yeah, That's yeah. That's that same tour and he opens yeah. with Palmetto Rose there too. Yeah. I fucking love that man. And because I, I found out about him through Truckers and then like right. JT. I'm a big Justin Towns Earl. He's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I, could fucking talk about that guy for years. Um, and it's, man, oh man, dude, that tour was really fucking special. I remember that one because I remember seeing him play 
Was it the Fox or the Tavern? Fox uh, in Atlanta, I think. So real quick, this yeah. Zoom is about to stop because sure. we don't have enough Patreon patrons yet. Everybody, patreon.com slash Meridian Podcast. Can we keep going though? Click the yeah, same yeah, link and keep going if you have time. Okay, great. Of I'm going to end, end this one and then we'll just click on the same link. Let's so, do it. All right, okay. We're back and you still just have AirPods. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, so what you just said made me think of something that I, this is kind of a vulnerable thing I'm about to say, but hey, yeah. it's, a, it's a podcast. Um, so there's that song uh, when we were close on Weather Veins right uh-huh. about justin and yeah um you know i i mentioned earlier i'm going through this like impossibly difficult time right now like it's the hardest yeah. thing i've ever dealt with i mean 10 years with the same person your whole life together like trying to sort it all out like barely holding it together but thankfully i have a good support system and i'm holding it together but though yeah. that record has been a constant companion through this whole thing and oh that's awesome yeah, and you mentioned something earlier that I, that ties into that a lyric in that song. So he talks about how there's a line where he goes, "And your shirt costs more than your guitar," because you know yeah. just Justin was always known for his fashion, right? And like his how and cheap guitars, yeah, and cheap guitars, Those recording right? king shitty guitars, yeah, yeah. And so I that line I was listening to it the other day. And I've been thinking about you talked about like not doing stuff, uh, nice things for yourself, like back at when you were really, you know, you would get out of a thing and then you wouldn't do a nice thing for yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So folks who know my online presence know I've been doing this, but I haven't explained it. So I'm about to explain it. That line inspired me to really lean into fashion. That's my oh, like dude. positive coping mechanism. Yeah, right now. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, man. That's because that is something in the past that is definitely fucking uh how i fixed a lot of problems mm. was i got really into expensive jeans i still am i still like jeans are one of the few things where it's like i will spend like 250 bucks to to buy a pair of jeans and it will make me feel better about everything uh that shit rips and the justin towns earl style is the coolest uh coolest. i wish i could pull it off I wish if I could afford to, and if I had the body to, I would only wear the suits that he wore. Uh, I think nobody looks as cool as JTE does. No, hundred percent agree. Hundred yeah. percent agree. Yeah, I'm trying to take elements of of different people that I think are cool. Yeah, and try yeah. To fit it to this like tiny slender body I've got. You know, what are you like, finding? Uh, like, well, what are you finding like uh, that works? Well, I've always wanted to kind of lean into like. I think for years we talked about, you know, being Southern and how for years I kind of ran away from a lot of that. Um, yeah. And now I'm just embracing a lot of it. So like you're screaming at the choir, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So like, there's a hat back here. I'll grab it real quick. Yeah. It's on top of my fantasy football trophy that I have to give up <laughs> since I finished in last place this year. Oh no. Fuck. Yeah. I won last year. It pours. Yeah, man. So, oh shit, dude! I'll just that how dope rips. is that? I got this at Nikki Lane's uh, vintage store in Nashville. I went to Nashville on a little eat, pray, love trip. That's over so fucking cool, Christmas. dude! Isn't that dope? So, this kind of thing is something I've been feeling like I could pull off for years. Yeah, but I was yeah, always yeah. like, no, because I, you know, it's too like I'm going to be judged for being too southern or trying too hard or whatever. Now, yeah, I'm like, fuck it. I'm 43 dude. years old and I'm going for it. Why not, man? I'm at the point, like, I'm doing the same thing with rings. 
I've been dancing around wearing rings for about five years now. I've had okay. a couple that I, I'll put them on at home and be like, one day you're going to have the balls to walk outside, but not today. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, dude, that's a sick hat. I, that's the JTE thing, though. That Southern gentleman style. Because like, he was going to – I nerd out about this shit. He was going to get suits made by like Billy Reed and stuff. And Billy Reed is this Muscle Shoals fashion designer. Um, and he had this really cool listening room in mm-hmm. what was that fucking town? Somewhere like right outside of Muscle Shoals, like Madison or something, uh, that had comedy for a bit. And it was the mm-hmm. coolest, coolest show. Uh, nice. I just, yeah, man, I love the, the Southern fashion stuff. I think that hat rips. Thanks, man. Yeah, That's, it's been really yeah. fun. Like I, I went to I stopped in a vintage store here in town the other day and I've been in there a million times, but I always like yeah. sort of walk in sheepishly and then I just sort of like I don't know. I know exactly. <laughs> you know? Dude, because I don't want anybody to ask if I need help. Okay, it's... so the owner did. And uh-huh. I and I was like, fuck it, I'm leaning in. I'm like, yes, I yeah. need help. Here's what I'm looking for. And I explained everything I was looking for. And she's like, Okay, here, try this, try this. And she's like yeah, she's yeah, pulling yeah. the shirt back and she's like, you know, you could wear it just like this or you could do this. And she's teaching me how to tuck different ways and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, 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 I am yeah, into dude. this. This is a I, healthy coping mechanism. I love it, dude. I love it because that's that's where my shame and guilt goes is I can't ask this person for help. Mm. But it's like, damn, dude, I, I think this rips. This is huge. Uh, yeah. Is, when I got into it, I got really into the idea of like, you find your core group of clothes, right? Like I'm really, I, I wear a couple blank shirts. I always say, I don't wear short sleeves. Uh, that's my only thing. Mm. I'm afraid of short sleeves. I'm afraid people look at my arms and it never does me any favors. Uh, so it's just like, as long as I've got a solid shirt and short sleeve and long sleeves over it, I'll be okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I think similar. I, so at, over off screen here, you can't quite see it, but I got about 40 trucker hats, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just sort of a thing that at some point I went, okay, this is the amount of Southern that I'm willing to completely embrace. Totally. Right? What's your favorite trucker hat? Ooh, um, I have a driving and crying hat. Oh, that, fuck. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I have this, I, I interviewed Kevin Kenny. For the podcast, look at that fucking thing, dude. That's so cool. Isn't that dope? That's it's got this so cool. It's got this patch on it for folks listening. It says Atlanta, Georgia, nineteen eighty five on it. There's these like motor heads, these like pistons that are yeah, these yeah. flaming fucking pistons. But I bought that when I uh, interviewed Kevin Kinney. Um, gosh, twenty eighteen now, I guess. But that's probably Shit. my favorite. Uh, I have a new Mike in the Moon pies. Oh, let's see it. Oh, I like that one a lot. Isn't that great? That one's very cool. That's brand I, new. Uh, yeah, I've got a JTE one that's new that I like, and then I've got a Rockstar Energy one I've had for about 20 years that uh, nice. I just can't get rid of. Yeah, yeah. That's but, awesome. Yeah, man. dude. I love a trucker hat. Oh, man. Yeah. And so that, that was always like a T-shirt, trucker hat, jeans, and boots was kind of like – my go-to, you know, that was yeah, my go-to yeah, yeah. for a long time, but now I'm leaning into dress up. I want to play dress up. You know, I want to like, Dude, look good. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I wore button downs almost exclusively <laughs> for years. Um, I don't know why I didn't stop, but like, yeah, man, I get it, dude. I, 
that shit really does change your entire outlook on life. I really believe it. It's that whole look good, feel good thing. Uh, it, it really does. Like if you put on something, it doesn't even have to be expensive, but something that like just fits you the right way, it'll change your entire life. Dude. It's like finding the right pair of glasses. When you find a pair of glasses that works for you, it's, it really does. Everything changes. Those glasses look great on you. Thanks. But yours do too, dude. They're, That's the thing. Brand new. They look great, dude. These Thanks. are pretty new too. It's like, yeah, once you find a pair that fits your face the right way, changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Just, and it's funny. I think a lot of times as a Southern man, like going back to that theme is that <clears throat> I feel like there was a, a certain element of like, it's not your job to look nice, right? It's the, it's the, it's the women that are supposed to look nice. You just are out there in the world and you embracing anything about like your, what your appearance or whatever well that's gay and you can't be gay yeah yeah yeah. yeah you know yeah. and it's like i think well, I, yeah i like i was i this is a vain thing but i'm just gonna say it honestly like these glasses one of the things i like about it is that i like my eyes i think i have attractive yeah. eyes and so i'm like yeah. well i'm just these show off my eyes and for years i never thought about something like that but now i'm actually considering something like that but for I never would have thought of that about that before because it's like, well, that's, you can't do that. Right. You're a no, man. Dude. Well, that's the thing. Like any type that's, that's that whole toxic masculinity thing. Cause God forbid you, you know, show that you care about something. Right. Like, right. Ooh, you know, I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's little things like, I don't Cause it, it, there's a fine line between like, you know, uh, I'm not, there's no like shaming or anything, but it's like, yeah, there's some things that I don't like about myself that it's like, oh, I can figure out how to dress this up a little bit so I don't have to worry about it. Uh, but if I did that when I was 13, yeah, dude, it's like, you fucking queer, dude. What do you yeah. think you're doing? Well, like, and, yeah. and then, you know, it's so funny because, like, <laughs> one of my best friends growing up is a gay guy, and he is the most disgusting dude I've ever met. And it's like, you know, yeah, yeah. he'd be drooling over himself or some shit, and I'd have, like, jeans that fit, and it's like, you're a fucking freak, dude. You're, you know, like. Yeah, it's just crazy. And it's the same thing that translates to anything. And I think that's why people are afraid to be uh, passionate about anything outwardly. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, showing that you care about anything, even if it's not like the idea of like you're gay, dude, it's like it's cringy now. That's what we call it. It's just it's all shifted to cringy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think it has to be like, mm -mm. I, I don't know, dude. It's no one makes fun of me when I talk about like when I when they see that I have a Braves tattoo or I have a you know I wear a Braves hat. Uh, but if people hear about fish, it's like we well, are fucking weirdo, dude. It's, it's the same thing. The same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect segue. I, uh, Perfect segue. Sure. We usually yeah, talk, we usually end on what you're getting down on, which is the art that has you fired up at the moment. But you've made it abundantly Ooh. clear on podcast after podcast that you are really fired up about fish. I'm so fired I wonder... up about fish, but also, <laughs> I mean, I'm fired up about everything. I'm going to go see Iron Claw tonight. I'm excited about that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I watch a ton of fucking movies. Uh, yeah. But yeah, fish is definitely as a chokehold on my life right now. And <laughs> it's... It's really ruining me in a lot of ways, dude. Uh, it's my favorite thing. It truly has become my favorite thing, and I've only been into it for like a little over a year, like a yeah. skosh over a year. And I, I have completely thrown myself into it. And yeah. Uh, have you ever seen Fish Live? Yeah. I saw him Outs at... And... Outside of Bonnaroo, though. No, I saw him in Virginia Beach 
what is that? The Merriweather Pavilion there? There's like a, sure. maybe that's not it. It's a, it's an amphitheater there in Virginia Beach area. And, or maybe it wasn't, it was in Virginia. Maybe Virginia yeah, Beach is Hampton? right. Maybe. Oh, fuck. This was a while ago and yeah. I, was dr- I was drinking. Uh, 20, yeah. this is like 2012. My buddy Patrick, uh, shout out to Patrick Lahan, who is a just absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, he's a piano teacher, classically trained pianist and an amazing, amazing guy and an amazing, uh, musician, but he's, he was really into fish and dude for years, like to me in college, especially like all my buddies got into fish, right? Like, yeah, like all, everybody got heavy into fish. And I was like, these fucking dirty hippies. That's who I was, dude. Fish. That was me the entire time. And then, and then I slowly started to open up and then I saw him and I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know, man. I've never been into jam bands. I remember in high school, the kids that wore tie dye and smelled like shit, but like, but that, that were really into it. I was like, yeah, but your dad's own like used car lots. Like I, you're not like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I get it. Uh, and I just had this like serious, I still have some judgment towards some of the people. Uh, now once I'm at a show, it's the people and how they talk about it outside of it. Like, but I get it. Uh, the reason I judge is I'm kind of like, well, keep that part a secret, dude. That's not for <laughs> everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with, uh, the idea of like, I completely lose myself at fish shows, dude. Uh, it is, it's, I went and did the new year's run this year. They did four nights at MSG. And there was a point where I took one of my best friends who's like a new father and he lives in LA now. I don't see him much. And, uh, I took him to see fish and I was like, dude, I think this is the real me is who I am at those shows. Uh, just like dancing with no rhythm, fucking like it rips, dude. It fucking rules. Um, and I, it's like, it's a different part of music that I thought that I enjoyed. Like, Mm. I have always been a sucker for the singer-songwriter people for, you know, all kinds of lyrical shit. Uh, Fish is not lyrical, and they're open about that. And I did not, and like, I've always liked post-rock. I didn't understand, like, I'm a huge Godspeed fan. Like, Godspeed, you Black Emperors, Mm -hmm. was my initial fish. I'd seen them a bunch. They're the best. But I don't know, dude. There's something about being at a show with a with a, a couple of 20,000 people where the thing will never happen again because they don't play the same show twice in any capacity it's really cool to be in this moment that will that just can't repeat itself with all of these people and sharing in that it is so rad to me dude i'm um, so excited for yeah. that it's awesome yeah it rules dude i mean you gotta start going to more i'm sure that they're I mean, fuck, I'm trying to think. They're doing a festival in August. They're doing their first festival in a long time. Do you know uh, where? Because that's my Delaware. whole thing in the new year. Delaware? The Woodlands in August. I, I've got the date. August is uh, So this is, this is the other cool part about fish that I fucking love is the people there. The community around it rips. Uh, over the summer, I met a guy named Dan uh, with, a couple other comics that I was with, Maddie Ryan and Kenny DeForest, and Kenny passed. Uh, and man, Dan saw it online. He finds me at the show the other night at New Year's. He gives me a, a book. It's a set list journal that he's made uh, that has like just a note that says something like, you know, in memory of Kenny. It's like you don't find people like that anywhere else. It's it's cool as shit, man. The community of people is just really. Uh, 
special at a fish show i feel like Man, i've never been to another weird. concert like that uh yeah did it's, you ever real it's that's awesome did you so you weren't into jam bands before you said did you not have a widespread no. panic phase no. being a georgia guy uh, or anything not at all dude yeah i my dad liked the dead and i think i pretended to like the dead for a little bit um and i still it's not for me fish is the only one that i re- like i understand conceptually why i would like other jam bands it's the same idea but the music that fish plays is just so up my alley in ways i didn't realize um I just don't think four guys play music better together than anyone else. Together oh, better awesome. than everyone else. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's so cool. It's like good improv. It's just like watching good improv or a good podcast where it's just there's a flow going and the only thing that stops it is the people that are doing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just cool. I love it. I, man, love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm yeah. so happy for you. Dude, this has been <laughs> such a fucking pleasure. Thank you so much. Dude, for thank this. you. Thank you for having me. This rules, man. And I didn't say I love the shirt. I, I you know, uh, you. fuck the magic. We we just had a time. I'm a Hawks boy, and we just had we just had a little time with y'all. But, yeah, uh, is, hell yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Thanks, aware. man. This uh, is yeah. This is this is new. This is again me leaning into fat. Like I didn't, dude. I hadn't bought clothes in fucking ten years, and now yeah. I'm like, this got my. I'm wearing my NBA Jam shirt. Everybody, uh, it's dude. got. It's got Franz Wagner and Paolo Bencaro on it. It's dope and it's comfortable and I love it. And dude, fish merch. I've got a fish shirt on. Nice. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's nice. all nice. They're ruining me it. financially in every way. <laughs> it's really going to be the death of me. Oh. I have no money, but I've seen fish 13 times in the last <laughs> calendar year. <laughs> well, I want folks to go. I, I, we don't need to tell the story here because I want yeah. to listen to your podcast. But oh, thanks, but yeah. Um, but I believe it was on your podcast where you talked about getting ripped off several times, or was that on somebody else's show? You no, were talking that was, about that. That was mine. So we yeah. do something. We have done something in the past. Uh, the fiscal quarter, uh, where we recap fish shows, and uh, we have a different comic come and do it. Uh, the last one, yeah, it was Maddie Ryan. After we went to Philly, that's right. Yeah, we went to Philly and we both got ripped off. I mean, dude, we got ripped the fuck off. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was, I felt I felt for y'all, but I also like loved it. It, it speaks to the dedication, right? Because it's like you you were going to that fucking show. There wasn't anything. Oh yeah, dude. You, right. Oh yeah, and I'm a panic guy. I, as soon as I'm like, we're going. I'm like, do we have tickets? If we don't have tickets, it's never gonna work. Yeah. and uh, of course it worked out and i got scammed yeah. but worth it worth every penny yeah man it's awesome well your your album i like his style like i said i've listened to it several times and it just thanks man gives and gives and gives and continues to crack me up and folks need to go check it out and like and also your podcast in the minivan is now on my heavy rotation thanks and, dude um, man i'm just i'm a big fan and now I, I really appreciate this connection this is awesome this rules dude this was so much fun man Good. i could talk about music and shit especially country southern shit forever well let's um let's if we find ourselves in the in the same town at some point yes let's, let's meet up dude. like i'd love for you do you are, are you got any tour dates coming up or anything any uh yeah actually i do when's this coming out uh as soon as i get off my ass and um probably in the next couple of days great um uh, well yeah i'll be in kansas city uh the 18th through the 20th okay. uh and then i'm gonna be in Date College, February 23rd, 24th, and then Minneapolis, April 26th, April 27th. 
Oh, sweet. Yeah, we've got we've got several fans in all those places, but especially Minneapolis. We're big in Minneapolis for whatever. Dude, Minneapolis so. rules. Fucking it's, rules, they, dude. They really they get music, they get culture, they get entertainment. They're the coolest people. They're the coolest, oh, man. The yeah. bike infrastructure there, the fuck everything about it. I haven't like, seen that. Uh yeah. I've never uh, but I do love a bike. Nah, I just love the nah. music that comes out of Minneapolis. The best. The best. I mean, yeah, it's and we've got we've got great uh, fans up there in Minneapolis and friends of the show. Yeah. Um, so uh, everybody go see Max, y'all. Yeah, I'll get this up in the next couple of days and uh, and uh, yeah, I can't wait for folks thank to hear you. it, man. Yeah, thank Thanks, you. Man. Me neither. Hell awesome. Yeah. Have a good night, man. You too, dude. Thanks. Max Fine, y'all. Thank you so much, Max. What a blast. Thank all of you for listening. Finecomedy.com for all things Max Fine. Uh, Just go get his album over on all the streaming services. Support the man. Come see him if he's coming through your town, y'all. I mean, what a fucking delight. And I'm just really grateful that this all came together the way it did. What you heard at the top of the episode is Once for Every Stack from Max's hilarious record. I like his style. It's so fucking good, y'all. Go listen. Marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade. Follow us on all the socials. We're on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, Spoutable. We're active on Twitter, uh, Blue Sky. We're on Mastodon, y'all. All the things. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support the marinade. Go do that right now while you're listening, please. It makes a big difference for us and costs so little of your time. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community for just two bucks a month, y'all. You can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show Jason's Journey. That's where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. We also have... One of my favorite days of the month is making what we're getting down on with my dear friend, the brilliant and hilarious Peter Haroldson. It's about the art that has us fired up at the moment, and Peter's about to come down from snowy white Minneapolis, St. Paul area to uh, Orlando, where it's uh, too cold for my taste, but you know, it's in the 60s. And uh, we're going to record in person um, right after I get a chance to talk to. Uh, a repeat guest whose name I won't mention yet, but if you follow the Patreon, you'll know. Go over there, two bucks a month, y'all, if you can swing it. We really appreciate it. You can try a free trial to see if you like it. No pressure. Try it for seven days. Set a reminder uh, in case you want to cancel, or keep going if you dig it. If you want to support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a subscription, I totally get that. You can Venmo or PayPal us. It's just at the marinade. Um, all the money goes right back into the making of the show, uh, all these festivals we get to cover y'all. I'm planning on spending half of June in Appalachia covering festivals. And that's because of our Patreon patrons. All right. I mean, I'm no complaints. My day job pays me well, but not that well. So if you can swing it, we really appreciate it. But above all, we're just so thankful you listen and spread the word about the marinade until next time. Go out and create something. Cheers. Y'all.